Well, good afternoon. It is a warm day in Northeast Texas. I'm glad that you're joining in, whether it's live at 3 p.m. Central Daylight Time or a little bit later on my Facebook page or on our website, westerwin.com. E-R-W-I-N is how that street is spelled, westerwin.com. Up on the little tabs at the top, you have a connect tab. You can go over it and then click on live stream and scroll down to archives and you can find all kinds of fun stuff there. Uh, or you may be on our West Irwin Live Facebook page or our West Irwin Church of Christ Facebook pages. It's, uh, you know, I'm a preacher, so you can run, but you cannot hide. Uh, we will be able to find you somehow or another. So it's nice to have you with us today. Good to see my friends Eric and Cindy joining us. And Joyce and I were just mentioning how much we miss getting to chat with you and hug on you. But uh, that day will come. And in the meantime, it's nice of you to join in here and on Sundays when you can in the auditorium here at church. And if not online, we have a lot of folks that join us online each week. And we do appreciate that very, very much. Uh, on Thursday afternoons, in this little study, we're going through a book by uh, Tim Keller and his wife, Kathy, The Songs of Jesus. It's a daily devotional guide based on the Psalms. And we're all the way up to Psalm 38 today. Uh, the readings that we do each week, I pull a psalm or two or three from there, and then we discuss them uh, on Thursday. And today we're just going to be in that one, just Psalm 38, and the lesson is entitled uh, Brutal Honesty, and you'll see why as we go along. You know, there are a lot of people that have questions about suffering, and rightly so. I don't have the answers, uh, but I do know that uh, the Bible doesn't, uh, doesn't shy away from discussing that. Uh, the psalmists are honest worshipers, they're honest strugglers, they share very openly uh, the emotions that run the gamut uh, of all of us in our lives, whether it's joy and uh, wonderful ecstasy and victory and in uh, 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 success or in deliverance from the Lord, but also the tragedy and the suffering that is there. The psalmist pull no punches, and they talk about that in very expressive terms and uh, lay the blame uh, very openly on their enemies, <laughs> whether they're local enemies or an opposing nation, or even on God himself. And the Psalm 38 that we're in today uh, speaks of that brutal honesty, as the Kellers put it, of, uh, of the Psalms when it comes to suffering. And so this uh, chapter is, uh, takes about three days of daily reading in their daily devotional guide to uh, to talk through. And so that's where we are today in Psalm 38. We'll start with the first eight verses. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Your arrows have pierced me and your hand has come down on me. Because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. Well, if you're... 
if you're thinking that, oh boy, if I just follow God faithfully, I won't ever have to suffer, uh, go through, he'll save me and spare me from all the sufferings a lot of other people have. Well, that's just, that's just not true. Uh, that's nowhere promised in scripture. In fact, Jesus himself promises the opposite. He says, look, if you're going to follow me, chances are it's going to make your life more difficult in this world, not less. And so he says, there are people who are going to cause you to suffer, maybe even take your life, thinking and saying that they are uh, doing that out of service to God. That's a very tragic thing when horrible things get done in the name of God. And um, and I, I wish that weren't, that never happened, but I, I know that it does. It happened to Jesus. It happened to the psalmist. Uh, here there is guilt as well as sickness. And so what's the connection there, Bill? Does that mean that whenever I'm suffering physically because of some illness, it's because of some sin I committed? Well, of course that's possible. It could be. Uh, sometimes when we suffer, our suffering is caused by our own actions and our own sinfulness, our own irresponsibility. But not all the time. Sometimes we suffer because of others' sin. Uh, sometimes we suffer just as a consequence of nature. We've had a lot of tornado warnings in the last few months here in Texas. Not all that unusual for springtime. And, um, and, and some go through some very difficult suffering. Sometimes even lives are lost in, in natural tragedies like that. Hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, mudslides, all kinds of things. Um, and then sometimes it's, you know, it's, um, it, it's something that we really uh, can't explain why uh, bad things happen. But the scripture uh, never, never uh, tries to run away from that reality. And, and I think that helps its credibility. Uh, perhaps the psalmist felt like he had committed some sin and his suffering, his physical suffering was uh, God's vengeance on him or punishment on him, however you want to say that, uh, could be uh, the result of some foolish behavior or um, something to humble him. Remember Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, I prayed three times for this thorn in the flesh to be taken away. And I think that doesn't mean just one, two, three, and then I'm done. I think it meant over and over and over again. But God said, no, my grace is sufficient. And so Paul said, okay, I'll go with that, because then when I am weak, I am strong. And I think the psalmist probably feels that way, too. Uh, this illness has isolated him from his friends. It's given his opponents an opportunity uh, to move against him. One of, the, one of the favorite sayings that I read in the Psalms is, aha, <laughs> the psalmist, you've probably noticed that several times they will say, my enemies are saying, aha, see there, God's not protecting him after all. And so this psalmist is suffering, and he attributes it to God. And he says, you know, you're the one that's pointed these arrows at me. For whatever the reason, the psalmist felt like that. Job felt like that in a very strong and honest way. Uh, Job said it is God. And there was some truth to that because uh, certainly God and Satan go back and forth in that first chapter of Job, first couple of chapters. And God is the one who brings him up to Satan. Have you considered my servant Job? Uh, and he allows Satan to have his way with Job, but he puts limits on him. The first one is that he cannot touch his physical body. And the second round, 
He tells him, okay, you can touch his physical body and bring him illness, but you can't kill him, which is interesting because that's exactly what Job prayed for. After all of that came about, he prayed for God to just finish the job, just take my life. Uh, but God was not going to let Satan do that. And there was reason behind that. He wanted, he wanted Job to feel the presence of God even when things were going bad. He wanted Job to develop and cultivate a faith that would trust in his creator even when he couldn't understand why he was acting the way he was or maybe why he wasn't acting at all in Job's behalf. Well, the psalmist brings some of that out as well. Uh, the psalmist is suffering from guilt, he's suffering from bodily pain, and he's suffering from injustice. His friends around him making fun of him. And the only solution is just to call out to God in honest uh, repentance, asking he seeks God's forgiveness, he seeks God's protection, and he seeks God's deliverance and healing. Uh, we get it that some of our sins are our fault and some aren't. And we can, we can go through a bunch of emotions about that. Angry, uh, guilty, afraid, all of those. And sometimes that's attributed a move towards God. And that's okay. God's big enough to handle that. In the book of Job, one of my favorite studies that I'll be preaching on some this summer here at West Irwin Church of Christ in Tyler, I, one of the things that God uh, uh, gives Job uh, a little bit of accommodation for at the end, uh, towards the end of the book, is the fact that he was an honest. He was honest about it. His friends denied that he was uh, suffering like he was, and yet was a righteous man. And Job didn't understand that. That wasn't his theology, and it didn't make sense. And uh, his friends just denied it. Said, "Well, you're obviously not as righteous as you thought you were." And you're not suffering, you're not being treated any different than anybody else. And Job says, well, this is not, this is not the way I've lived. And it wasn't. It wasn't. And at the end, God calls on Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, Job's three friends, to go to Job and ask him to pray for them. Why? Because it's okay to bring our questions, to bring our doubts, to bring our fears, to bring our suffering uh, to the throne of God. And we confess our sins, and we confess that we are helpless uh, to bring about our own deliverance. So the psalmist continues in Psalm 38, starting at verse 9. All my longings lie open before you, Lord. What a great statement. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pounds, my strength fails me, even the light has gone from my eyes. That's how depressed and hurting the psalmist was. Even the light has gone from my eyes. Oh, what a powerful statement. Verse 11, my friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay far away. Now Job's friends kind of did that for a while, but then they finally came to him. And we understand, you know, we're afraid to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, and so we avoid, and that's the worst thing we can do. Uh, go to them. And if you can't think of anything to say, just sit with them, just hug them. Interestingly enough, Job's three friends, when they came to him and they didn't say anything until Job started speaking, that was the best they did, was just to sit with him. Um, verse 12, those who want to kill me set their traps. Those who would harm me talk of my ruin. All day long they scheme and lie. I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the mute who cannot speak. I have become like one who does not hear, whose mouth can offer no reply. Um, the psalmist felt completely helpless, and he felt completely attacked. 
His enemies were taking advantage of the situation to try to do him in. Uh, and again, this is what the um, this is what Tim Keller writes, and this is where I get the title for this lesson. The Psalms, he says, are remarkable for recording with brutal honesty the cries of those who are sick and suffering. The Bible knows nothing of pain is an illusion, or just don't let it get to you, or if you really believed with all your heart, you would get your deliverance. These views make human will the solution. But it is not mind over matter. It is God over matter. I love that quote. That is a great, great quote. Brutal honesty of reporting the suffering and the questions and the doubts and the fears and the anger of the psalmist. It is, it is amazing how honest they are in their worship of God and in their prayer life to God. Psalms is the songbook of Jesus, as the Kellers call it, but it's also a prayer book. It's great to sing the Psalms. It's also good to pray the Psalms. And if you don't get why things are happening to you, then Psalm 38 is one of your Psalms. There are a bunch of them in there, but Psalm 38 is one of them. Again, the Bible knows nothing of pain is an illusion or just don't let it get to you. Or if you really believed with all your heart, you'd get your deliverance. Um, just pray about it and God will, God will make it better. Well, God will help you through it, but there's no guarantee that God's going to take the suffering away. He didn't for Paul, but he gave him something better, his presence and his power. He didn't for his own son. Remember Jesus in the garden prayed again all night long over and over again. Lord, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. That's a hard prayer to pray, as we have said in these studies, thy will be done. But that's what the psalmist learns, and that's what Paul learned, and that's what Jesus knew as well. Uh, the, the human will is not the solution. If I just pray better, if I just believe stronger, if I just do this or that, uh, that that's not going to make it. Um, again, as they say, it's not mind over matter, it's God over matter. We trust in God. Even if it doesn't look like he's going to deliver me anytime soon, we still trust in him. That's when faith is really faith. When God is not acting the way you think you should act, when God is not delivering you from your troubles and your struggles and your hurts, even your physical hurts, uh, trusting in God during those times, knowing that his perfect will is going to be done and that he will give you his presence to get through it. Uh, without his help, uh, we can't make it through. Whether uh, our hurting goes on or it's, it goes away, either way, we need God's help uh, to get through that. So finally, verses 15 through 22 of Psalm 38. I love this statement, and I hate this statement. Lord, I wait for you. You will answer, Lord my God. Psalm 38, verse 15. And this is not just somebody that's blindly saying whose life is wonderful, Lord, I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you to accomplish your will and to get your answer. Uh, no, this is, a, this is a psalmist who is struggling. He's hurting. He's physically ill and injured and hurting. His enemies around him are trying to take advantage and uh, finish the job. And yet here he is praying to God for deliverance and healing that he's not getting. 
and saying this, Lord, I wait for you. You will answer, Lord, my God. For I said, do not let them gloat or exalt themselves over me when my feet slip, which is what had happened. For I am about to fall and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. What a great statement. The psalmist is not just troubled by his hurting and the threats of his enemies, but he's troubled and genuinely hurting over his own sinfulness. Again, whether that brought about the injury or the or the uh, ailments or not is immaterial. The psalmist knew he was a sinner and he was troubled by his sin. Verse 19, many have become my enemies without cause. Those who hate me without reason are numerous. He was suffering from injustice. And we hear a lot about that word today, and rightly so. And it hurts. When you're treated unjustly, it hurts. You want vindication. The psalmist wanted vindication. He wanted healing. He wanted deliverance. He also wanted God to show his enemies that he was in the right. Um, but he was willing to wait for God to do that. Those who repay my good, verse 20, with evil... Lodge accusations against me, though I seek only to do what is good. Lord, and he's already said he's a sinner, so that's not saying he thinks he's perfect. But he also knows that his heart is right. He's seeking what is good, and yet he's suffering. Verse 21, Lord, do not forsake me. Be not far from me, my God. Come quickly to help me, my Lord and my Savior. What a great statement of faith. He continues to pray, even though he hasn't seen that deliverance yet. He continues to pray. If this is a psalm of David, David doesn't merely admit his sin, but he's troubled by it, as we read in verse 18. If we only confess, but do not also find the sin repulsive and repellent, for how it grieves and dishonors God and destroys others, the sin will retain its power over us, the killer's right. We will find ourselves doing it again. Repentance means uh, actually being repulsed by our sinfulness, being ashamed before our God that we actually went there and sunk so low. And that repentance, that level of repentance will help us to be able to not fall back into that trap. doesn't mean that we won't, but it will help us. Um, the psalmist seeks not just legal pardon, but the re restoration of loving fellowship with God. He pleads with God, come quickly to help me, my Lord, my Savior. The depths of that commitment were seen fully in Jesus Christ when he cried out on the cross, quoting Psalm 22, by the way, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had prayed earnestly in the garden, but he had said all along throughout his life of ministry, as you know, several times in the Gospels, Jesus tries to tell his disciples, look, we're the Son of Man is going to be betrayed, and you're all going to forsake me, and uh, the Jews will hand me over to the Romans, and I'm going to be crucified, but on the third day, I will rise again. Jesus knew what it was like to feel that aloneness. He knew what it was like to pray a prayer and get the answer, no. No. Jesus understands. And so when you're suffering, and you're hurting, and you're suffering injustice, and you're suffering physical pain, and along with it, you're suffering the pain of heartache over your sinfulness. And you pray, and rightly so. 
And you pray for God to bring you healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And you pray to God and you assure God that you'll wait for him, that you'll wait in faith, that you'll wait in trust. And it won't always be uh, perfect, um, but you will continue to trust in the Lord. That's when faith is really faith. The brutal honesty of the Psalms help us because we're, we're reminded that we too can be brutally honest with God. He knows it anyway. And we can open up and we can share with him everything that's on our hearts, everything that's in our minds, every hurt, every fear, uh, every angry emotion. And God's big enough to handle it. And we will pray along with the psalmist as we close today. Lord, do not forsake me. Be not far from me, my God. Come quickly to help me, my Lord, my Savior. Amen. I pray that you will continue to be close to the one who saved you, the one who understands your suffering, even if you're having to wait. I pray God's richest blessings on you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, knowing, knowing that whatever's going on, God is right there with you. God bless.